Eastgates. Eastgates. A Mystic Soundscapes netcast. The latest news in the world of New Age music, concert updates, artist interviews, contests, and more. Presented by Mystic Soundscapes Internet Radio. Because life sounds better. Chill. And now, Eastgates. Eastgate's number 37 for Friday, August 22nd, 2008. I'm Pete. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. On the show today, musician Lewis Landon talks about his latest release, Peace Revolution, his excursions in Second Life, his music career, and lots of other cool stuff he's working on. We've got a sneak preview of Corey Carruthers' upcoming CD, Trillium. I believe that CD is set for release in 2009. We have a full, complete, finished track from her album for you on this show. But before we continue, it is August. It is the uh, end of the summer. And that means anniversary for Radio Mystic. We started uh, the internet station back in August of 2004, and that means we're beginning our fifth year on the air as uh, Radio Mystic and the Mystic Soundscapes Internet Radio Network. And what would an anniversary be without a celebration? So we're giving away some CDs, and here's how you can win. Write this down. You need to send an email to contests, that's C-O-N-T-E-S-T-S, at mysticsoundscapes.com. In the subject line, put Escapes Anniversary Contest and be sure to list the following in the email. Your full complete name, your complete mailing address, street, city, state, zip code, you know the drill, and a valid email address so we can reach you if you're one of the winners. You got to get that email into us by August 29th. 2008. That's a week from today. We have a nifty little software program that's going to generate random winners for us. And I'll be announcing the winners in our next podcast scheduled for release on Friday, September 5th, 2008. We'll also be posting the winners' names on our website on that same day. Lots of cool CDs from uh, Jacob Archer, guitarist Craig Scala, Biomusic, and also that highly anticipated release from ALU, Beautiful Things, which is out right now, fresh off the presses. In fact, I'm having lunch with Jeff Metling next week. He's going to hand over a few of those for me so we can give them away here on Radio Mystic and in the podcast. So you're going to want to get in on the action, all right? It's the anniversary contest here at Radio Mystic, and the only way you can win is by entering today. Remember, the deadline is next Friday, August 29th, 2008. Send an email to contests at mysticsoundscapes.com, and good luck. Trillium is the name of the next CD in the Corey Carruthers legacy. <laughs> and Corey has been working on this thing for quite a long time. If you visited her MySpace page at myspace.com slash C, you've been privy to uh, a lot of the uh, mixes of the upcoming songs on the album. Corey's been really great about updating her fans and listeners on every step of the process in making this most recent album. And she's been so kind enough to send us a full, complete track from Trillium. I received a version of this track actually last year uh, when she first started working on the tracks for the CD and this final mix is so completely different from the first mix that I received and it's incredible. So I'm going to quit talking and play this for you. From Corey Carruthers' upcoming CD Trillium, this song is called Tangled Up.
Tangled Up from the upcoming CD, Trillium, by Corey Carruthers. Stay up to date on every step of the process as Corey finishes production on Trillium by visiting her MySpace page at myspace.com slash C. That's K-O-R-I-L-I-N-A-E-C. She also has a brand new website, going to be online real soon, so watch for that as well at corytunes.com. Time for the Radio Mystic Top 10. These are the top 10 tracks as rated by our listeners over the course of the past 30 days. We also take into account email requests for individual tracks. Starting with number 10, Diane Arkenstone, Through the Veil from the CD Aquaria. Number 9 is Catherine Duke with Dancing in the Mist from her CD Visions and Dreams. Number 8, Robert Miles with Fable, the dream version from the CD Dreamland. Soulwire hits number 7 with Transition to Eternity from his CD Irradiant Nothing. Number 6, Peter Buffett with Lost Frontier from the album of the same name. Number 5, Ronan Hardiman with Dreaming from the CD Solace. Number 4, Kevin Wood with Continental Chant from Scenic Listening. Number 3, Priscilla Hernandez with I Steal the Leaves from Ancient Shadows. Number 2, from the CD Tendrils of a Memory, it's Black Ether with Ascension. And the number 1 track for the past 30 days on RadioMystic.com, it's the group Transvision with the track Inertia from the CD Lemuria. Those are our top 10 for the past 30 days. You can check out the top 5 on a weekly basis on our homepage at RadioMystic.com. His musical background covers a wide range of genres from classical and Latin to pop rock and more. He's just released his seventh album and his second solo piano CD, Peace Revolution. Uh, it's so cool to finally welcome Lewis Land into the show. Thanks for being here, Lewis. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Since it's your first time on the show, of course, we've got to get your background and talk a little bit about how you got into the music business in the first place. Why don't you uh, talk a bit about that? I started playing piano when I was about four, and um, actually there's pictures of me with a little toy piano before that, but I don't want to go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, at a certain point, uh, my parents heard me kind of picking things out on the piano, and they decided I needed lessons, and that, that started around five. But uh, business-wise, I think I played my first paying gig when I was about 13. Wow. So I would have to say that I've been playing professionally for 43 years. Damn. It's a long time, huh? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. had its definite ups and downs. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. <laughs> when when actually was the point where you realized you wanted to make this your career? Um, I think that happened after my first couple of years at college. I went to State University of New York at Stony Brook, and I was kind of fishing around for what I was wanted to do. And by my second year at the university, I went into music and um, got serious about I think because my father was a musician and entertainer, it was always implied, like, you don't want to go in that direction because it's a, it's a rough road. Right. They were, my parents were trying to protect me from, from what I was going to get myself into. <laughs> <laughs> but they couldn't stop you. Couldn't stop. You know, there came a point where I, I kind of always kept bands going while I was going to school. I was always in a band. I was always earning a living playing music. And at one point, it just became clear. And I think that, like I said, the second year of college. And then I ended up going to a music school and... From then on, it was I knew what I had to do. Now let's look, kind of look back over your illustrious career so far. Okay. And uh, give me some of the highlights. What are some of the things that really stand out for you as far as your experience? Um, well, I mean, the the highest level of touring I ever did was was touring with Barishnikov and company, the ballet uh, dancer, wow. uh, Mikhail Barishnikov. Jeez. And I did four summers with him, and you know we had a private plane, and it was like limos to the plane, and the best. 
we played pretty much all the uh, three different tours around the states. We also went to Japan uh, for three weeks, and we went to uh, we did a concert in Paris. A very it was like Mitterrand and all these very. It was an AIDS benefit that was like all the you know the illustrious people of Paris, and it was a very you know this is before really terrorism was a big thing, but they still had like dog bomb sniffing dogs and all that for people getting in. It was really well protected. Let's put it that way. Wow. But the touring was was incredible. I always used to joke to my my kids, you know, when I'm taking limos to the Learjet, then you know I've gotten to the level I want to be at. You know? <laughs> that's but great. now I'm just happy playing. I'll drive to any concert anywhere. I'm just happy if I'm playing my own music. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now, I also heard you did um, music for TV and, and uh, stuff like that as well. Yeah, I did I did a bunch of uh, commercials. in the Pretty much in the 80s, I was one of the first MIDI studios in Manhattan. And um, you know that was kind of like an innovation that you could just, you know, an agency would come to you and you could just give them, bang something out really quickly and they would just be amazed. Or sometimes they even listen to the, they'd say to the, you know, after the demo, they'd say, well, let's do this for real. And then you do it for real and they go, yeah, you know what? I like the demo better, <laughs> you know, because that's what they got used to. Right, right. So it was really a, a changing time. And I mean, we still have those capabilities, but I'm glad that a lot of people are going back to real instruments. There are musicians who starve for their art, and you are are one of them. And, you know, there's been ups in your careers as well as downs. What are some of the most challenging uh, points in your career, do you think? Uh, I would have to say my second year at Stony Brook, uh, I was working at Sears and Roebuck from, like, 5 in the morning to 8 in the morning before I went to classes. And I'd be playing gigs at night till, you know, 1 or 2 in the morning, which didn't leave a whole lot of room for sleep. And I remember there was one point where the band couldn't pay the rent on the place, the house we were living in. We were all living in one same place. And we ended up living on a box of chicken that we got at a barbecue we played at. It was like a frozen box of chicken that we, we took home. Oh, my God. We lived God. on that chicken for a week. I mean, it was it was really sad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, see, you've been you've been at the lows, but you hit the highs as well. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now I'd have to say I'm kind of like um, consistently working and making a living playing what I want uh, most of the time. But, you know, there's other jobs that I do that are not really what I want to be playing, but it's still music and it, it's, I'd rather be doing that than other things. Right. And now when you see a box of chicken, you appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, I, it's, it's, I tell you, it's actually really good to, to um, in some ways, suffer and starve for your art because the appreciation that I get now when I do a house concert and I get paid well and I get treated nicely or I do any kind of concert where I show up and there's a nice grand piano and people are w waiting to hear what I have to say on the, you know, musically and right. it's, it's a thrill. You right. know, I, I feel like in, in, I've surely earned it. Are uh, there any uh, artists, friends, or family members who've been a major influence in your career over the years? Well, my father, there was always music in the house, but he never really taught me anything. I was still, I was kind of like, kind of go on my own, but I have to say he's my, you know, I would say biggest influence on one level, but then as soon as I got into jazz, I mean, I would have to say people like, you know, Herbie Hancock, Keith Jarrett, McCoy Tyner, um, Wynton Kelly, you know, a lot of, a lot of great, uh, great, great piano players that I listened to. And, you know, I, I play jazz, but I don't aspire to be the greatest 
jazz player. I mean, I don't eat, breathe, and live uh, jazz, and I mm-hmm. think you have to do that if you really want to be a great player. Right. I went in that direction for a while, but I realized that's not who I am. And just doing what you enjoy doing the most is, is you know, is working well for you, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, I jokingly say on, on my concerts, it took me 50 years to figure out what I wanted to do. Because <laughs> it, it, I, I went in to do a, a jazz record in the studio at this friend of mine's studio. He has a really nice piano sound. And every time I try to play these tunes, like it, it wouldn't work, and, but everything seemed to slow down. And the next thing I knew, I had a New Age album, and I had no intention of, of producing a New Age album. <laughs> it, it, I looked at it as, you know, it came from a higher place. You know, it was like I kind of got out of the way and allowed for this music to happen. And uh, that was my Unwind CD. And then I hooked up with David Nevue and the whole Whisperings thing and realized that solo piano is what I wanted to do. It wasn't anything, it was kind of like I was directed in that direction. I, I say I used to have memory when I was four and five years old of pretending and imagining I was at the piano and I was playing at a concert hall. Wow. <laughs> and the irony is, like I said, the reason why I took 50, you know, if only I had remembered those visions and thoughts of when I was four and five, like 20 years later. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. See, that's, I can't remember yesterday, so that's you're doing good. Well, usually I can't either, but for some reason <laughs> that's something that sticks in my mind. Speaking of Unwind, that was your first solo piano CD, correct? Right. Okay, that did really well. Hit, uh, I think, number three on the NAR charts. Yes. Uh, also nominated in several categories in the NAR Lifestyle Awards over in 06. Yeah, I um, think, uh, think it came out in 05. Might have been 05. I'm not really sure. It's either 05 or 06. Okay. And now your latest, obviously, Peace Revolution. Let's talk a little bit about this one and how it came about and got started. Okay. Well, um, I'd have to say that, um, you know, after doing that one, that was really great. And you always kind of need to have product. And I was writing some more in that vein. I kind of went more in a neoclassical way. And I actually intentionally started writing for this particular genre. And for me, like my mission, my mission uh, is more than musical. It's just kind of my mission in the world is to create a peaceful world mm-hmm. and the full mission statement is I, I create a peaceful world by writing recording and performing music from the heart and so entitling it peace revolution is it feels for me it kind of became a political statement and, and art as a vehicle to reach people and communicate something not only emotionally higher but even politically it's like I'm just feeling very uh, dissatisfied with the America that I'm living in right now, and mm-hmm. it's not the America I want to be living in. And, and it's funny because sometimes I, I hear people say, you know, don't mix art with politics. But to me, an artistic statement is a very political act. I mean, to really communicate something through an artistic expression is something very deep and very, you know, internal, and it's it's powerful. And I felt like I had to mix together my personal mission and my art into one whole deal, and it, that's what we're Peace Revolution came out. And sometimes people actually would not hear what you had to say unless it was through your art. Right. You know? So. Right. I mean, I couldn't just go around saying these things that I feel, but if I play this music and it has a certain effect and then people ask me, well, why, you know, why is it called Peace Revolution? And can you have a Peace Revolution? Because it almost, the word revolution can mean a lot of different things. And, you know, by, by no means would I advocate any kind of violence because that, that would go against the whole principle of peace. But I definitely want more understanding among people so that we don't have to resort to violence. One of my questions was, where did the music come from on Peace Revolution? But you're, you're telling me now. I mean, it's from inside. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, uh, like, the feelings that I had and, and a lot of the, what I was trying to express. In this case, it was intentional. In, un, in the case of Unwind, it was one of these magical things that just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Peace Revolution, I, I had a kind of do be more active in what I was saying and what I was putting together for it.
One of my uh, my personal favorites from this CD is Camelot. Um, I was going to ask you if there's a track or two on there that's close to your heart. Um, you know what's interesting? There's one from, uh, I, hope, I hope I can remember it. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't always remember. Um, what, what's given me a lot of feedback is a tune on there, number eight, Pursuit of Happiness. Mm, okay. And, um, you know, that's something that's, that's in the, um, I, I believe it's the Bill of Rights, but it could be the Declaration of Independence. I'm not really sure. So don't fault me on that. But, you know, it's, it's ironic that part of what is put up in, in our government and the whole way America was set up was the pursuit of happiness, which is a very, very evolved kind of thing. And some of the feedback I've gotten from the tune uh, Pursuit of Happiness is, is that it's really powerful. And I had to actually go back and listen to it myself and say, what are these people talking about? <laughs> and then I kind of heard it. So there is something in there that, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a magical kind of thing. I'm going to have to go back and give that track a listen. Yeah, I had to do that. <laughs> Camelot also is one of my favorites because it is in that more neoclassical thing. And I had kind of an imagery is why I called it Camelot because of the, you know, lilting, uh, I'd say six, eight feet or three, four of like, you know, galloping or cantering across an open field back in the Middle Ages when, you, but like, you know, the, the, not the dark ages, but the Middle Ages where you think of knights in shining armor and dragons and, distra- you know. And happy things. Yeah, happy <laughs> things. <laughs> now, is there any improvisation on uh, this album? Well, in all the things that I do, there's improvisation. I mean, Camelot is probably the furthest from in- improvisation in that I really kind of wrote it out. But even, even in that form, there is some improvisation in there. The one that is completely imp- improvised is this song impromptu which was an epilogue that kind of got tagged on to the cd it was supposed to end with i will be done but i kind of couldn't let go of impromptu impromptu came out of a 20-minute improvisation i mean an impromptu piece of music is an improvisation but the irony is now that it kind of became a song i play it all the time and it's no longer an improvisation there is some improvisation in it but it's no longer really an impromptu I'm going to go back to uh, what you were saying earlier about um, using your your art to speak politically a little bit and talk a little bit about your Improvs for Peace that you started uh, back in June on your MySpace page. Um, Tell me about that. Um, I just had this idea that I'm I'm very against the war. Uh, I'm very against a lot of the military actions that the United States is responsible for. And um, I decided that I was going to, like, make a statement that and, and do it every day because I just, sometimes I get crazy like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea was to create an improvisational piece of music, five minutes long, about five minutes long, uh, every day until the war is over. So, wow, am I setting myself up for yeah. <laughs> either failure or... or but, the, but the good news is I've created 41 improvs, and tonight I'm adding number 42 to the list. Awesome. That is incredible. And, and yeah, so, and I have enough material to, to uh, and I'm going to, re- my next CD is going to be called Improvs for Peace. Oh, perfect. And it's probably going to be recorded, I'm doing a concert in Bellingham, uh, Washington on August 3rd, a mm-hmm. couple of weeks, 
And uh, I'm going to be staying with Joe Bongiorno, another solo piano, piano artist from Whisperings, solopianoradio.com. And I'm going to probably record at his house. That's going to be cool. Yeah, so I'm going to take the ideas from these improvs and kind of like use them as a springboard to put some pieces down. Yeah, it's an amazing project. When I saw you post that on your, on your MySpace, I was just so blown away and impressed that that's what you were intending to do. And, and the difference between you and me is that I have the same big ideas, but I don't carry them through. <laughs> You've done it, and it's, it's making a great statement. It really is. So. Well, thanks. I mean, it's yet to be seen whether I can continue. I mean, like this weekend, for instance, I, was, I had a very long and late gig on Friday night. I had a house concert on Saturday afternoon. I, I had three different, like, online, these online concerts at night. Uh, then on, on Sunday afternoon, I had a concert at the hospital where I, I often do concerts. And then Sunday night, I did a, a gig and, you know, that went until like 11 o'clock at night. Jeez. So it didn't allow, this weekend was a non-improv for peace, you know. Right. I try to do them every day, but there's some days I just, you know, at the end of the day, I just don't have it in me. But tonight, and mostly during the this week, I think I'm going to be doing one every night. That's great. I, I tune in as much as I can to catch those new ones, I'll tell you that. Oh, now, I'm glad. Speaking of your online concerts, let's get a little into uh, the Second Life deal. Okay. Um, I know you're huge in Second Life. You've, you've turned that into a, a massive tool uh, among your arsenal. Tell me a little bit about what you do in Second Life and, and how it's been working for you. Well, you know, it started off, you know, good enough. It's just kind of like... I. I was kind of curious, and um, it started slowly, and then it kind of turned into this thing. And, and lately what I've found is it's grown to the point where there are so many artists and so many venues that I kind of pick and choose and actually go in at a pretty high fee at this point because it's like it's not worth it for me to do it for less. It's like I have to value my time in a certain way. Right. But it has been really helpful in, in networking. You know, I do Facebook and MySpace, and it's all kind of coming together in this viral marketing kind of thing. And and Second Life is just a place, it, what's great about it is you can really, uh, like for instance, the, the Peace Revolution Center that I have on my island is a place where, you know, I do these improvs and, and we get together almost, there's a certain core of like 25 people that get together almost every night. We've been naming the songs together, we've been listening to them and naming them. And That's great. It's been really fun. I don't get paid for that. That's just one where I do it for, because I do it. Are you actually saying you go into Second Life and you create the improvs while you're there? Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I mean, I started by doing them live, and then I found out that I that I could record them better and have more what I consider to be finished product if I did the improv beforehand. But now what I do is I kind of play the improv that I did that day, and then I actually do a real improv right there and then on kind of like another sound or something weird on my keyboards. Right. And then we kind of listen to old improvs and name them and hang out. i got to say, I've been to several of your Second Life shows. Uh, I haven't been in there in, in quite a long time, but uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about your concerts is that you really relate to your listeners on a personal level during the show, and a lot of other artists really don't do that yeah um, I, you know I I, tr I I really got I mean I get to know people there you know and and some of it some of it's good some of it not so much but <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say that overall it's been a tremendous experience and um, you know I, I'm gonna always keep some kind of presence there I, I, I was t talking to somebody about it the other day though I mean do I really need to own an island there and pay that monthly you know bill <laughs> not really you know <laughs> but uh, at the same time it's it's just I, I think 
that maybe there's a, a future there that's bigger than I still think there's room for growth there and, and maybe it will end up being what I want it to be yeah yeah I agree and, and I would encourage our listeners who, who haven't been into Second Life to hear your show it's a great place to, to hear Lewis play live if you can't make it to one of his real life shows uh, jump into secondlife.com and, and check him out your, your concerts are usually listed uh, on your MySpace page no I, I kind of keep them separate um, okay. I've been keeeping my, my Second Life thing kind of low key because I guess there, there's too like I don't want like a deluge of people coming in there right because it, it, it seems right when like it's organic and somebody kind of asks me it's kind of like the way that I got into it you know it's like I don't want to be the guy that's going to help you know 10 solo pianists get in there <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly. I mean as it is now the competition there is, is too fierce for venue and, and audience because the audience even is spread out it's, it's not what it used to be it's amazing there's certain pockets and certain uh, people that have really strong built-in audiences but in terms of me being able to bring a bunch of people around like I used to be able to it doesn't seem seem that way anymore What other avenues uh, aside from Second Life have you been using as promotional tools for yourself? Well, I mean, I did I did hire a promoter for Unwind to, for Radio Play, but I actually promoted my CD uh, myself this time, and I've been on the top 40 in the NewAgeReporter.com for five months doing it myself. It's <laughs> amazing. So, and it, and it reached number uh, seven, number nine. It was in the top ten, I think, for for three months, and so I felt really good about that. I, I mean, I worked off of a lot of the contacts that my first promoter gave me, but it still was a lot of legwork on my part. But I kind of wanted to know what that was all about. And I'm glad I did it. I think if I do it again, I won't do it myself again, because it was a lot of time. But I made, another thing is I made some really good connections with some, some uh, talk, you know, hosts. And you've always been, at least as long as I've known you, you've always been very very good with that, is, you know, getting yourself out there and making connections. And, and that's really? really what's important in, in, your, in your business. <laughs> yeah, really try. You know, I found recently about um, MySpace, there's a really good thing on MySpace called browsing. And if I'm playing an area, I just put in the zip code of the area and I browse the people in that area and I start like befriending them all. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I have not seen that. So I'm going to have to very that. cool. It's, it's, it's under, as a matter of fact, if you're in your home, I'm going to look at it right now because I'm on, I happen to be, I happen to be on MySpace at this time. <laughs> um, but it, it's called, um, let me see if I got this right. If you look at friends and you say browse friends, it says like what age groups, what, um, and, and then it says zip code. Oh, cool. So it's like, we're, you know, I'm doing a, a concert in Bellingham and also one in Tustin, California. And I'm, I'm targeting, I'm kind of like targeting marketing. I'm saying I'm going to be in your area if you like solo piano music, you know. That's and awesome. And the people who kind of answer me back, I, there's a good possibility they'll show up. That is amazing. I didn't even know MySpace had that feature. That's cool. Yeah. And Facebook has been great, too because I've been, you know, hitting all the, and, and making connections with people in other parts of the country. It's been right. great. It's really as many of those things as you can be on. I mean, of course, you could you could spend your life on there, but right. But it's nice to have a presence and just be able to, when, when you need to put something out there, you can hit all these people. What else is coming up in the future for Lewis Landon? Concerts, other things? Well, the, the mini, the, this little mini tour I have coming up on the West Coast, I'm playing Tustin, California, this really cool place on August 1st, and then I picked up another concert at a church in San Clemente uh, on August 2nd, and then August 3rd, I fly up to uh, Bellingham at this place called the Fire.
Firehouse where I'm doing a Whisperings concert with three other solo pianists. And then in October, I'm doing a concert in Portland and then going down to Eugene where it looks like I'm going to do a house concert outside of Eugene and I got something else cooking there too. Awesome. You're never stopping, man. I'm serious <laughs> about this. <laughs> That's cool. See, I can see why sometimes you just fall asleep. It <laughs> does know? happen. In fact, I, I, would teach, I do teach one day a week and today was my, my, my lesson day. And in one of my lessons, my second lesson, I only had two students today, and one of my lessons, I have to say halfway through the hour, I was really starting to forget what I was doing. <laughs> my <laughs> eyes were closing. <laughs> it was bad. Well, I didn't have that much sleep last night. So. Oh, man. All right. Now, if there's one thing that you uh, would like people to take away from listening to your music, what do you think that would be? I would just say to support indie artists that, that touch you. I mean, and I hope that I can do that. And a good friend of mine's um, sister recently passed away from pancreatic cancer and the last 48 hours of her life she spent listening to my cd unwind wow and that to me was it brought her comfort and peace for the last two two days of her life right and and i've heard like other stories about that unwind cd and and how people have gotten you know over the loss of their loved ones and or help them recuperate in the hospital and when i hear stories like that it's kind of like above the how many cds or I'm, I'm selling or what i'm trying to do it's like really you can't ask for any anything more than that right the power of music is really amazing boy i'll tell you yeah all right the cd is called peace revolution folks from lewis landon lewis let's tell everybody where they can grab their own copy of this album my favorite place my favorite company is cd baby cdbaby.com um just search for lewis landon or you could go to my myspace uh, myspace.com slash lewis landon with the number two if you don't put the number two you go to my personal thing which will tell you to go to lewis landon number two okay or my website it will will point you there just uh lewis landon.com lewis man has been great having you on the show. Pete, my pleasure. I'm really happy we did this. I'm, I'm sorry about the last one where I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, man. I do the same thing, so hey, I'm used to it. <laughs> hey, listen, good luck with this uh, new CD and all your projects in the future, okay? Thanks so much. Appreciate the interview, man. From Peace Revolution, here's Lewis Landon with Camelot.
That's Camelot from the CD Peace Revolution by musician Lewis Landon. Be sure to check him out online at lewislandon.com or his MySpace at myspace.com slash lewislandon and the number two. That's it for Escapes number 37 for Friday, August 22nd, 2008. Don't forget to get your contest entries in for the uh, Radio Mystic Anniversary Contest going on this month. Send your emails to contests at mysticsoundscapes.com. Deadline is Friday, August 29th. And hey, if you like Escapes and the podcast and all the interviews and everything we're doing for you here, please consider a small donation. The time and the costs involved in producing the show are growing. And as a result, I've chosen to uh, look for some donations from dedicated uh, listeners fans. We'll also be posting uh, a full ad rate schedule for those of you who'd like to advertise in the podcast. We've got some pretty cool uh, advertising packages which include banners on our homepage and our podcast page, in addition to uh, audio commercials before, during, and after the podcast itself. So check those out as well. We'll have those online in just a bit. You can find all the details on our Escapes homepage at radiomystic.com slash netcast. Next up in the show, guitarist Dave Wyke will be talking with me. More great music, and we'll have the winners of the Mystic Anniversary Contest, so please join us for show number 38. Thanks for checking us out today. For Escapes, I'm Pete Havey.